Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Central Podcast, where we take a look at the great sport of American football from over here in Australia. Today is the week 11 preview show. Yes, we're already through 11 weeks of the NFL season. Uh, well, in midway through 11 weeks, of course, uh, the round kicked off earlier today uh, with the Pats defeating the Falcons on Thursday night football. We've got a full Sunday slate to get through. We've got uh, Sunday night football, Monday night football, just the two teams on by this week, so 15 games. Um, we got our locks to look at. Um, lots to get into. Gordo, how are we? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, it's been a decent day, I guess. Uh, sort of entertaining game of football for a while, if you like defensive play. Indeed, yes. Uh, it was surely that, and then a bit of a came a blight towards the end of the game. Yes, the Patriots, five wins in a row, uh, improved to seven and four on the year, um, with a twenty-five to nothing victory over the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Um, Gordo's right. It was kind of close, 30 to nothing at the half, and then no one scored in the third quarter. So the the Falcons' defense, you can give them some props there, Gordo. Um, But certainly the most dominant unit in this this game was the Pats' defense. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you mentioned the Falcons' defense. It really felt... Third quarter, I think, where uh, Mac Jones threw that pick to AJ Terrell. It was 13-0 at that point. It really felt like, okay... Atlanta scores here, maybe it makes a game of it, but all of a sudden New England just took over pretty much from there. Their defense was incredible through the first half and then even took it up a notch after that. Yeah, exactly. So the point you're talking about, I think the return went back to something like midfield. They get a couple of first downs and then down about inside the 20-yard line. They fail, of course, on on fourth down, a big stop uh, by the Patriots. Um, That was the second time Atlanta had come into the red zone and, and gone away with nothing. Of course, late in the first half, they had that sequence of third and short, um, they got to throw the ball, thinking they can run it on fourth down. Massive sack, fourth and forever. Uh, young Way Koo comes on, kicks a 45-yarder, illegal formation, uh, back to a 50-yarder. He misses. Um, so, you know, that's the sign, um, I guess, of, of good off a defense from New England's perspective. Even when they are allowing teams to drive, they can stop on fourth down. They're good in the red zone. Um, but also just shows you more about the incompetence, I think, of Atlanta on all levels. It wasn't a good night for Arthur Smith play calling. Matt Ryan had pressure in his face. This offensive line is not good. Uh, and the Bill Belichick way and Steve Belichick's taking that on, uh, neutralizing the top target on the opposition. Kyle Pitts, they were able to keep uh, quiet for most of the night. Yeah, I think it's, uh, the Falcons' offense, especially without Kelvin Ridley at the moment, I think they're really struggling. Um, Pitts is almost the only real threat there, especially without Cordaro Patterson yeah. as well tonight. So they're down two of their top three targets. A team's always going to struggle when you're in that situation, especially when you're relying on a rookie pretty much to be your main receiving threat. So, yeah, full props to this Patriots defense. So they're on an incredible roll. I think uh, seven straight quarters without allowing a point. Just, mm. I think it's 17 drives or something in a row now with a shutout. So yeah. they're doing everything right. Yeah, exactly. And as we mentioned on the recap show after the Browns game, you know, AFC, you know, you had your one year off. Patriots dominance, they're back and back in a big way. I mean, Land couldn't do anything. The 200 yards passing. And then you look at the, the rushing yards. Olison nine for 34. Smith, three for eight. Mike Davis, three for one. And then Wayne Gorman Jr., one carry for minus three yards. And then we haven't even mentioned, Gordon, the last four drives for uh, the Falcons all ended in picks. Matt Ryan, the first one, he's under pressure, uh, lobs it up. Under pressure, picked off a second pick, and then they bring in uh, Josh Rosen, throws three passes, has a completion, has a pick, and then Felipe Franks um, comes in on that last pass, and um, Adrian Phillips intercepts that pass, Gordo. So, uh, you know, Carl Van Oy got a pick. It was, uh, you know, um, free for all for everyone on that Patriots defense. 
Yeah, no, definitely. It just felt like, I don't know if they'd given up at that point or not Atlanta, but yeah, the Patriots saw an opportunity and just took it to boost up their stats, I think. Um, it, it's what we've seen from them for a while now. JC Jackson got another pick, so I think that takes him up to, what, six on the season. Yeah. He now leads the NFL, I think, with 23 since he came into the league four years ago. Um, so he adds another one. This defense in general just keeps putting up stats every week. Yeah, exactly. They missed some names um, and people missed out with COVID um, and so on, but this is a very good, in particular, secondary. And Matt Judon, of course, coming over from the Ravens, another sack, 10 and a half on the season. Um, uh, you know, I think it's third in the league behind Watt and Miles Garrett. So he's up there. Who knows, could make a defensive player of the year run. So a very good acquisition there. And that, I guess, leans towards the money they spent in free agency. Um, Mac Jones, you've got to talk about him. That one pick you mentioned, um, uh, a good play, I think, by the, the defensive back in question for the Falcons. But aside from that, he had a great day. I mean, the one player I'm thinking of, he was third down and he had a, there was a free rusher towards him um, with a linebacker. And even with all the pressure, he just backed out and, and calmly, uh, you know, fit the ball through a very small hole completion. He was good under pressure, as I mentioned. Um, he got sacked a few times, but uh, you couldn't help that. But another impressive day, uh, you know, he's got seven wins now. And that's two more than all the other quarterbacks taken in the first round or in the draft altogether uh, combined. Yeah, um, you've got to think at this point, I don't know about what's happening with Jamar Chase from here on, whether he continues to put up those numbers. But if Jones continues to play like this and the Patriots make the playoffs, do you give him offensive rookie of the year? I know Chase has been incredible, but with positional value with quarterbacks, even if Chase continues his form, you've got to consider Matt Jones in there. He's having a big impact here. Yes, the defense is winning games a lot, but he's winning games. He's doing what's needed of him, and he's been super impressive. I think it's between him and Chase at this point, and the second half of the year is going to be really interesting for us. Yeah, I had Mac Jones coming into the season. I, I took um, Chase after their extravaganza show after six weeks. We're doing another one next week. But, yeah, I think if he plays anywhere near the level that he's playing now for the rest of the season, he'll get it pretty easily. Um based on wins and everything, Cincinnati could still miss the playoffs, obviously, and that comes into it as well. Um, uh, we're looking ahead for New England. Um, they've got Buffalo twice on the schedule. That's well within their sights, a division title. Um, they play Tennessee uh, next week, which is a massive game, um, considering they're the two, you'd have to say, not just in the AFC, the two form sides, the two form sides in the league. Then at Buffalo, a bye at Indy Buffalo before they finish a bit easier with Jacksonville and Miami. Goro. This would easily be... Um, you know, if it's a 12-win team, that means they want lose one more game or 11-win team, and if not winning the division, possibly the top wildcard spot. Yeah, uh, I think they probably split with Buffalo, uh, one each at home. They're both good enough teams, I think, to win uh, to close in at home. So you do that, that's maybe that, and then the Tennessee game could be a loss as well. But other than that, yeah, they should pretty much win out from there. So I think mm. they're, I'm not willing to lock them in, I don't think, yet, but... I might have actually locked them in the other week, but you did. <laughs> they, yeah, okay. Uh, you've, they've got to be pretty close. Yeah, based on uh, the way they're playing, they're a top three team right now in the AFC. Absolutely, no one wants to come up against them. Um, and you mentioned if they split with Buffalo, it would come down to division record. That's where Buffalo have the slight edge because um, Patriots lost that game. I think Ramondre Stevenson fumbled so that when the Patriots going in for a field goal in round one against the. Dolphins, so they have a, lo a loss in the division, whereas the Bills um, are unbeaten in the division thus far. So if they do split, it'll come down to that. If it does get down to that close, um, you know, kind of tight margin there. 
As for the Falcons, four and six quarter, and they've looked horrible over the last couple of weeks, but the reality is they're still very much in the race in this NFC because of how wide open those last one and even two spots are now. Um, and, you know, they they showed their schedule on Fox. It's weird. They've got Act Jacksonville, they have to play Tampa Bay and Buffalo, but they've got Carolina, Detroit, San Francisco. If they can win some of these 50-50 games and get up around 500, you never know. They could be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance, obviously, but... I mean, based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, they've got to be down there. I'd probably have the football team with more of a chance than them, maybe even Seattle. But their last two games, they've been outscored 68-3. to three. The offense is struggling. The defense is struggling. Right now, they're probably one of the furthest teams from the playoffs in the NFC, even though they are still, I mean, what, one game behind the seventh seed? Yeah, indeed. Uh, and, of course, there'll be questions about Matt Ryan, First year under a new regime, uh, they don't have the talent around him on offense. The defense, as we said, was probably a little bit more impressive. Dean Pease had a good night. But um, what well, I guess what would you say? I'm pretty confident that he won't be at the Falcons next year. Are you in agreement with that? I think so. I think we see a Stafford-type deal where they send him off to a contender. Um, I th- I'm not sure exactly who it would be. Uh, Denver, potentially, who seem to be in play for Rodgers. Pro- they'll probably make a run at Wilson as well. Ryan's another option there. But yeah, I think we see a Stafford-type deal where they do move him on, get in some picks, really start to rebuild this team from the ground up. Indeed. Okay, that was Thursday night football. Um, I guess the, the the result was what we thought, perhaps not the margin. Next week, there is no Thursday night football because we have Thanksgiving. Um, there'll be the three games, Chicago with Detroit. Uh, with the early game on Fox, then the Raiders at Cowboys, which I think could be a very good game in the middle uh, slot there on CBS, and then the, the late night game on NBC is always good. Buffalo at the Saints. So, um, excluding Detroit, who always have to host, I think that's a pretty good schedule we're looking at next week for Thanksgiving. Okay, we'll move on to the rest of the uh, slate. Tipping hasn't been easy, uh, hasn't been a, a, a nice ride for either of us. I mean, I got eight last week, which after a couple of weeks of five, Gordo, I think, had something like third consecutive week of five last week, and we, we both lost on the certainty tip. So it hasn't been easy. Hopefully we can return to some form. Um, we'll start in the early window. Of course, both our teams are playing. We'll start with the divisional matchup in Minnesota. And look, Gordo, you know this rivalry proved better than I do, but one thing I know is they always seem to play each other close. They had a tie a couple of years ago. Um, uh, last year, I think the five and one Packers hosted the one and five Vikings and the, and the Vikes managed to come out of it with a win. So the standings are irrelevant. We do know the Vikings are coming off a win as are the Packers. Um, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers came back. Didn't have to do a lot on offense, but they did enough because the defense has been stunning. One of the best in the league across the last month. We talked about how good um, Joe Barry has been. How do you see this one playing out? I think we all agree it will be close, but um, what do you think will be the keys to victory? Yeah, I mean, it probably will be a close one. Um, These teams, I think no matter what their records are, usually play pretty close. I think I saw the other day, uh, Mike Zimmer over the last 11 games is something like 6-4-1 against the Packers. So even though through that time, the Packers have probably been more successful than the Vikings overall. Minnesota always has their number, it seems. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be a Packers win. Um, I don't want to sound too overconfident there, but based on what I've seen so far this year, I think I trust them slightly more. Um, but yeah, it probably will come down to the last second as we've seen pretty much every Minnesota game this year. Um, I think the real uh, key thing here, it's going to be how well the Green Bay defense can get to Kirk Cousins. If he's mm-hmm. got a pretty good pocket, if he's clean all game, he's going to be able to throw the ball pretty efficiently. They're going to be able to run the ball 
and get the offense going. But if we get the sort of pressure that we've seen the last couple of weeks from the Packers, especially with Rashawn Gary, who's, I think, questionable at the moment with an elbow injury that looked like it was going to take him out for potentially months last week. He's, I think, trying to play. I'm not sure whether he will or not. But I think if he plays, I'd back the Packers in here. If he doesn't, I'd go with the Vikings. Yeah, another one of these games, it's going to come down to last-second injury decisions. What I would say is last week, a lot of people looking at that win as perhaps a win for the Vikings saving Mike Zimmer's job. I still think he's under a lot of pressure. Um, certainly don't think he'll be fired if they lose this one. I think you'll see out the season. Uh, what I would say is if you look at that game, Los Angeles' defense has been bad for quite a while now. For four or five games, they've been letting teams uh, pile up the run, uh, rushing game on them. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a great game, scored a lot of points. So... I think this is a much harder task, even though they are at home. Um, I'm, I'm taking Green Bay in overtime. I agree. I think it'll be very close, as these two teams always end to play. But uh, looking forward for a good matchup in the early window uh, on Fox. And as we've mentioned with most teams in the NFC, a win puts them right back in the playoff picture. I mean, if Carolina lose, they'd be back in that seventh seed. So, you know, we both think another close one, and depending on injuries, but leaning towards the Packers in a tight one. Uh, my Philadelphia Eagles hosting the New Orleans Saints. Um, this is another one with injuries. Gordo, Alvin Kamara is the big one. We talked about how lost the Saints' offense looked without him. They waited till the fourth quarter to pile on points and ultimately fell short of the ti- felt sh- fell short of the Titans. Um, Kamara did practice on Wednesday when I last looked, and then on Thursday didn't practice. So not looking good is probably a little bit under a 50-50 chance at the moment of him playing. Um, and that's a big factor because Trevor, I know the Philadelphia defense has been very up and down this season, but Trevor Simeon, we don't really think has, you know, what it takes. Um, Taysom Hill also didn't appear and, and a couple of tackles thrown arms and Ryan Ramchick. And that could be significant if Philadelphia can get that pass rush going and that pressure um, like they did against the Broncos. They had a great down offense. They've had a great three or four weeks. And we talked about how they could easily be a playoff team considering their easy schedule. Um, I just worry about the inconsistency of the defense. Um, I don't think I have the confidence to pick them despite, um, you know, the, the various form charts of these two sides. One's going up, one's going down at the moment. Um, I'll have to take New Orleans simply because, you know, home to, uh, your own team pessimism. I'll say 27-24, the Saints uh, get the win on the road. Yeah, I, I think it's a tough one here. Uh, depends on what Saints team shows up, really. Uh, we saw them a couple of weeks ago lose to the Giants, who are, what, three and six. And then last week, they were a two-point conversion away from uh, going to overtime with Tennessee, who's eight and two. So there's so much variance here in pretty much week to week with the Saints. Um, I think we see a good showing from them here. They've got a real chance to, I mean, not solidify that sixth seed, but uh, almost put a gap between them and the rest. Um, Mm. I think they win this. I do like what Philadelphia has been doing. I think even with a loss here, they can still make the playoffs. So it's not a do or die for them. So I'm going to take New Orleans. I think it will be a close one purely because of that offense. If it doesn't have Kamara as well, then I think they're going to struggle to score, but I trust the defense. Um, I'll take them New Orleans 20 to 17. Indeed, both in your tight one and New Orleans by a field goal. We move on to your first pick, uh, aside from our own team games. Gordon, you went with Baltimore at Chicago, which is... Oh, excuse me. No, you didn't. I, I went first, but we'll, we'll go with your game first. Uh, Baltimore at Chicago. It is the NBA, uh, CBS number one game. Nance and Roma will be on the call. It's an interconference one. Um, a Chicago team coming off the bye in that crushing loss against Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, the time to whinge about that's over, Gordo. They've got to come out and win games. Otherwise, Matt Nagy won't have a job. You know, all well and good. Justin Fields did the game-winning drive. Um, you know, had probably his best game over 300 yards. 
But again, they need wins for the, this coaching staff to stick around. And they're coming up against a Baltimore team that um, has had a slightly extended break. They played on Thursday night football against the Dolphins. They looked tired. Um, you know, they weren't themselves. They were kind of ill-disciplined. They lost that game that probably won. They probably wouldn't have thought they would be losing looking at the schedule. Um, so both teams on a little bit more extended breaks and both teams looking for a win. You feel as though we have to favour Baltimore in this one, though, Gordo? Yeah, no, I'd have to think so. Um, you've got both teams coming in. I think they'd both be pretty upset. Um, obviously, you've mentioned what happened last time they both played. So you've got one loss that, I don't know, Chicago looked decent in that game, but came down to a couple pretty poor calls in that final quarter. And then the Ravens were just flat out embarrassed last week. So you've got both teams probably wanting to really prove themselves. Chicago, I mean, there's still a chance technically in the NFC, even though they are, I think, the 15th seed at the moment. They're still there, so they've got a chance win, uh, get equal, uh, what, in the eighth seed. But Baltimore as well, you've got to think, okay, real bounce-back chance here. They've lost that last game. They dropped that game against Cincinnati as well a while ago. So that's two out of their last three games that have been pretty disappointing for them. So you've got to think, okay, they want to keep up with Tennessee. They want to keep up with Buffalo. You've got Kansas City really starting to improve. New England as well. They need to win this to keep right up the top of the AFC. So I think they will. Um, I think it's a real statement game here from Baltimore. I think they win pretty convincingly. Chicago struggles probably on offense. I don't see them putting up two great games in a row. So I'm taking Baltimore 32-17. The only issue there is Lamar Jackson's missed practice a couple of days in a row with an illness. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, As long as he's healthy, Baltimore wins this comfortably. Yeah, indeed. And on the Baltimore recent run of form, let's not forget the only reason they beat uh, the Vikings was because it was the Vikings that had multiple 14-point leagues that they coughed up. So it could easily be three on the on the trot here. Um, and as you mentioned, the AC North, no one has a losing record. The Steelers, Steelers are bearing down their neck. They've still got two head-to-head matchups. And the Bengals are a game behind with the head-to-head. Um, what stuns me about the NFC, and you mentioned it with Chicago, they're the second last seed and they've got three wins. So there really is not much room for error. You, uh, a win can put you back in contention uh, or we can set you back. I agree. I think it's an easy win. I think 33 um, to 23, again, providing that uh, Lamar Jackson does play. Um, the actual first pick was, uh, it was my turn this week. So I took Indianapolis Buffalo. Um, should be a really interesting one. Um a rematch of the AFC wildcard game from a year ago. Obviously, Philip Rivers was the quarterback, not Carson Wentz then. Um, Buffalo, they got the get-right game. They won 45-17 to 17 in against the Jets in the Meadowlands. Did it pretty comfortably. Still have the best-ranked defense in terms of points and yards in the league. Indianapolis got her back at 500 um, after being 0-3 and 1-4. and 4. However, they haven't beaten a good team. Um, this is the kind of game they need to go out there and make a statement um, you know, they've beaten the Dolphins, Texans, Niners, Jets and Jags, who have a combined record of 12 and 34 on the season. Um, they're right in the figure of the wildcard race. And I, I probably think they will end up getting in, in at least in the seventh slot. But I really I need them to um, knock off a contender before I can, I guess, buy into this Carson Wentz, Frank Reich experiment. Um, I don't think it happens here. I like the Bills, an eight point game, something like 27 to 19. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how to read the Colts at the moment. I mean, you look at some of their results, uh, a three-point loss to the Rams, uh, overtime loss to the Ravens, overtime loss to the Titans. So they're up there with the good teams. It's just they haven't been able to really finish off the job. Um, I'd probably put the Bills in that same sort of conversation. Uh, Obviously, the Titans and 
probably the Ravens. I'm cooling off on the Rams after the last couple of weeks, but they've taken it up to those top teams in the AFC. And Buffalo, I think we see something similar here. Um, obviously, Buffalo had an incredibly easy win last week, but I think the Colts, obviously, we saw that they're a lot better than the Jets, and Buffalo still let the Jets score 17, even though a lot of that was in garbage time. But I think we see a pretty close game here. Um, as you did mention, uh, wildcard matchup from last year. So I think teams, Wentz is probably an upgrade on Rivers based on his current form. So I think there's two similarly matched teams if we look what happened last year. So I'm going to take Buffalo uh, in a close one. I think it's reasonably high scoring as well, something like 27 to 24. Indeed, both taking Buffalo, um, but we probably think it's going to be a, a one possession game there. It's worth mentioning that since they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one at home, Buffalo have won their last uh, three home games by an average of 26 points. They've had big wins, uh, most recently against Miami before that, uh, in games against Houston uh, against Houston and against the football team. Uh, we move on to Washington at Carolina. This is a very interesting game. A couple of subplots here. Obviously, Cam Newton returned. They had the big upset win in Arizona, the Panthers. Um, they're uh, five and five. They're in the seventh seat again. Um, and the football team coming to town three and six, they got a big win against Tampa Bay. Um, Storyline, Ron Rivera, of course, uh, coached uh, almost nine full seasons um, in Carolina, took them to uh, four playoff trips, three division titles, a Super Bowl. He's the franchise all-time leader in coaching, wins. Uh, He was fired midway through 2019. Uh, Then they let go of Cam Newton. Now Cam Newton's back as a Panther and looking to make his first start in his second stint with the team against his old coach, um, you know, who's a bit of a defensive guru. A hard one to pick daughter this one because both had good games. Who are you looking at uh, to win this one? I think Carolina. Um, I'm more impressed with them. I mean, both had pretty convincing wins, I think, last week. Obviously, uh, Carolina's came against the Arizona team that's pretty injured. I mean, missing a starting quarterback and what a top three or five receiver, depending on how you look at that. So even then, I think the offense of Carolina last week really showed what they could do. Um, and I think with Cam back as well this week, probably as a starter, I think they really get a uh, jolt of energy there. Um, Christian McCaffrey's back fully healthy. Uh, everything seems to be coming together at the right time for Carolina. Um, defense is playing well. And I think Washington, as good as they were last weekend, I still think there's a few issues there. Um, Losing Chase Young is really going to hurt them. I know he hasn't had a great year statistically, but I think he still opens up a lot for that D-line. Without him, I think the pressure's going to struggle. Uh, I just, I think I just trust Carolina more than Washington. Um, I'm going to take them. I think they win probably something like 30 to 20, something like that. Um, I think Washington, we've seen that they can put up points, but I don't think they keep up with Carolina. I've got a bit tighter and a bit low scoring, but the same result. Carolina 23, the football team 17. Um, other point worth mentioning, Christian McCaffrey had a really good performance, second highest total yards from scrimmage in the season with 161. This continuing theme of when they he plays, uh, they tend to win, and when he doesn't, uh, they tend to not. Um, I think it'll be a great day, but yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I'm not sure I'm ready to buy into Washington after one week. I'll need to see another couple of weeks of kind of consistent play at that level, especially from the defense uh, to, I guess, rate them back as in the wild card race in the NFC. Uh, moving across to the Meadowlands, um, the Jets hosting Miami in an AFC East divisional matchup. 
Um, they are the two seller dwellers in the division. We've talked about uh, the Pats and the Bills. Not something that very many will be watching intently. Uh, you know, not least the Jets fans, Gordo, who you know, a week ago they might have might have thought this was a very, very winnable game, but then they saw the Dolphins upset the Ravens on Thursday night. They go out and get thumped um, by the Bills' second straight game. They've given up 40, 45 points. They gave up fifty four a couple of weeks before. This is, I think, the worst defense probably in football under Robert Sala. Um, they're starting Joe Flacco, the Mike White era, as we said kind of bowed out unceremoniously with four picks um, against the Bills. Is there any positives to look forward to or ways that the Jets can win this game? If Miami plays the way they did on Thursday night against Baltimore, I don't think so. Um, if we see the defense play similarly, uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to blitz every play again. Like what we saw bringing that zero blitz almost every, I think I saw they did it over half the snaps. I don't think we see that again, but if the defense plays probably even half that level, they win this fairly comfortably. Uh, the offense looked like it was finally starting to get something together. Um, I think two is going to start here. I don't think mm. Brissett is starting at the moment. Um, so hopefully he gets a full game and against one of the worst defenses in football, I think he's going to really show why he was drafted that highly. Uh, I'm not sure if that's more of a hope than thinking, but the connection between him and Jalen Waddle seems to be really building up. Um, we saw a couple of really nice throws last week. I think they both have put up great stats here. Waddle goes for over 100 yards and a touchdown or two. Uh, Miami wins fairly comfortably, uh, 31 to 14. Uh, I'm actually going to lock that one in. It's about the only one I feel conf that confident in this week. Okie dokie. Gordo um, missed out last week. Only his second miss for the season. He's leaving me in the dust at eight and two, locking up. Uh, the Miami Dolphins over the division rival Jets. So I agree, 28 to 14 is my final and tour full practice on Thursday. So it is very much presumed uh, he will be starting Joe Flacco. You know, not a lot of luck to look at there. His first start um, since he started against the Chargers week 10 last year for the Jets. Uh, it wasn't too bad uh, in garbage time, as we mentioned, against the Bills last week. But um, got a defense that's giving up 44 points a game across the last month. It's pretty tough. Pretty tough to do anything meaningful on offense. Uh, last three games, not sure either of them have very much value. We'll start in Jacksonville. The Jags, who have been much improved, and we've talked about that in the show, Gordo, not least in that uh, six-point loss to Indianapolis uh, in Indianapolis last weekend. But the traveling team is San Francisco, who are perhaps more impressive than any team last week with their Monday Night Football uh, you know, really domination of the Rams that puts them suddenly back in wildcard position, uh, such as the NFC. They're four and five, and they've got a relatively manageable manageable uh, uh, schedule ahead. Uh, do, do they start off a run towards the playoffs or continue on from last week with a win in this game? Look, if I tip the 49ers here, they're going to lose. And if I don't tip them, they're going to win. So the question is, do you want them to win? <laughs> I'm honestly not sure at this point. Um, 2019 NFC like Championship. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, they're, I mean, I mentioned the Saints being inconsistent. I think the 49ers are even more so. We've seen what they can do at their best. They dismantled one of the best teams in the NFC last week. And then you see that they're worse as well, and they lose to Colt McCoy. So if they can lose to a Colt McCoy-led team, then you've got to feel like they can lose to a Trevor Lawrence-led team. But I think I've got to go with the 49ers here. Um, I think... Just all round, they're a better team than Jacksonville are. Um, I think it's close. I like what I've been seeing from Jacksonville. Um, 
Lawrence hasn't been great, but he hasn't been the, the reason they're losing games. I think he plays reasonably well against a pretty injured defense here, but it's not enough to get a win. Uh, San Francisco wins uh, 24 to 20. I'm almost exactly the same. 25 to 20, I've got San Francisco. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned Lawrence hasn't been good, but he hasn't thrown a pick in his last two games, which is a progress. Hasn't thrown a touchdown, but I think that's, you know, baby steps are significant. Um, you talked about competitive against the Colts. They beat the Bills very poor against the Seahawks. And then the week before they had a buy and then they beat Miami. So a pretty good last kind of five or six weeks. Um, and it's almost weird that you almost trust them to be more competitive than I do the 49ers now. But as I said, they're more talented, the 49ers. If they drop this, then poor Kyle Shanahan. But yeah, that was a very impressive performance on Monday Night Football. If they can replicate that and find a game plan that suits against this Jags defense, which is still kind of bottom five in the league, in my opinion, um, they should get the win here. And again, right back in the wildcard hunt in the NFC. Uh, last, uh, what have we got? Last two games. I don't know about you, Gordo, but um, I'm not sure we even, uh, these teams even deserve us to spend a long time uh, talking about them. We'll start with Detroit and Cleveland. Uh, look, Cleveland, a tough loss. Detroit were brave again. I so badly want to tip Detroit, but, you know, as I've been telling you, they're up one week, down the next. They're due for a down week. I think Cleveland win it relatively comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I think Detroit is, I think at this point, they're leaning towards starting Tim Boyle. Uh, Jared Goff missed practice in the last couple of days with an injury. So maybe we see something different from this Detroit offense. Um, Tim Boyle, Packer legend, but hmm. I think he's played like a couple snaps in the league and has negative total yards gained. So I don't, I think Cleveland wins this. Uh, they probably have to, to maintain any sort of hope to make playoffs. Uh, I think they do probably fairly comfortably. Uh, Detroit, they're bad. I think we know that. They're probably, they've got one or two more chances to win a game, and this is it. Cleveland wins 31-14. to 14. Yeah, looking ahead for Cleveland, I, at the start of the year, I kind of circle which is the hardest patch after that. They got at Baltimore, the bye, home to Baltimore, home to Vegas, at Green Bay, at Pittsburgh, finish at Cincinnati. Um, you think they need to win more than half those games, and I don't think they're going to. I ruled them out of the playoffs I didn't officially do it. You might see that on Monday if they lose this game. But, uh, yeah, similar to you, I've got a comfortable win. Um, I've got uh, – oh, it's not comfortable. Actually, it's 24 to 18, but I, I may be revising that, making it a little more, bit more severe. Um, you know, you've mentioned Boyle and the fact that the Lions uh, seem to be due for for a down week. Um, yeah, the other game is uh, – the final game is Houston at Tennessee – uh, you know, more of this. Oh, and I should mention, apologies, Nick Chubb trending towards starting, of course, was on the COVID list, uh, along with Nick Harris, the centre. They asked the offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, said it was trending in the right direction, Gordo. So that is a key thing. Then again, I think we both agree that they would still win uh, without him playing. Uh, yeah, Houston at Tennessee, this final game. Look, Houston are appalling. What can we say? Um, yeah, Tennessee could win by anywhere upwards of 20 points. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree again. Um, Houston, we've seen what they are. We've, we know what Tennessee is as well. They're a quality team who's, I think I saw somewhere, uh, the NFL record for most used players in seasons 84. Tennessee's yeah. already. Yep. Uh, they're fighting through all these injuries. They're still playing well. They win fairly comfortably here, 31 to 10. That surprised me. I remember I was going through the achievements. I was going, you know, Five in a row against playoff teams, best record in the AFC. Uh, and then it came, you know, no Derrick Henry. And then it came through, yeah, they're only two under the record and we're only in week, uh, what are we, week 11. So, yeah, I think they win comfortably 41 to 10. So I don't think we've split on one yet, have we? 
No. No, pretty even here. Yes, which is probably not a good, a good sign. Late window, um, three, honestly, I think could be three entertaining games, depending on injuries. We'll start with the big one in Kansas City, Dallas on the road against the Chiefs, America's game of the week. Arrowhead Stadium, the second time in three weeks, Gordo, when we saw them last, the Chiefs and America's game of the week, it was against your Packers, and it wasn't quite the matchup we were hoping for. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers didn't play. We'll be hoping for more points on this occasion, and I think we'll get it. Look, both offenses fired a week ago. 43 points for Dallas, uh, Dak Prescott and co. against the Falcons. 41 points for Mahomes and co. against the Raiders. Um, and look, everything's set up, I think, for an all-classic. Dak Prescott's on pace for a career year. He's got 20 touchdowns and just five picks through eight starts. Mahomes went back to his best, 400 yards, five scores on a Sunday night in Vegas. Um, I guess what we're all hoping for, Gordo, is that that Mahomes and that Chiefs offensive performance wasn't a fluke and they don't go back to being the you know, same old turnover-laden offense we saw for so many weeks to start this season. Yeah, no, I think I don't think they will. Uh, I think we're starting to see them trend towards being good again. They've got that division lead. They're doing everything right. Um, they're looking, at least based on last week, they look like the Chiefs of a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, both teams put up, what, 43, 41 points last week. I don't think we're going to see that again. Uh, I think both D or Dallas might, considering the state of the Kansas City defense, but I don't see Kansas City putting up 40 again. I think it probably ends both teams in the high 20s. Something I think I'm going with Dallas here, uh, winning 27 to 24. Uh, I just trust them on both sides of the ball more than I do the Chiefs based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, with the Chiefs, Andy Reid is always going to have them in, in first in the division by the time you kind of get to mid-late November. Um, and people keep pointing out they were 6-4 and four when they won the Super Bowl in 2019, didn't lose again. Similarly, they are 6-4 and four this season. I agree with you that Dallas wins. I think it will be high scoring. I know um, the interceptions and the turnovers. You look at Dallas, they're fourth in turnovers with 17, second in interceptions, 15. Trevon, Trevon Diggs has eight. They had um, a multitude of picks last week against Matt Ryan. And Casey had been turning it over. They didn't turn it over last week. That was the first time since week two against Baltimore. Um, I, I just think even good offense defenses have bad days. I mean, I think people would point to maybe or even the Browns defense, which is considered to be pretty good, gave up 45, given up 45 twice this season. So I think uh, Dallas uh, will give up points. I think they'll win in a shootout 37-35, but um, I guess it's more that I'm I'm praying. And I mean, look, even the Chiefs defense, I don't know, it's shocked me, Gordon. They've only given up 13.6 points a game past um, five games. You know, they kept... Uh, Washington to 13 and obviously uh, your um, Packers to, to seven or six, I think it was. And then last week was 14. So perhaps it's, they haven't been playing the best of offenses, but after giving up 32 in the first five games, only 13 since. So it's a sign of progress. Having said that, I still think it's a shootout at Dallas win at 37 to 35. So we're continuing to stay the same. We both take Dallas. This one, we may split. I've been tossing and turning on this one. Go to it's Cincinnati at the Raiders. Um, which again, a couple of weeks ago was looking like a great matchup. I, I think it's still very pivotal. It's not in the limelight like Chiefs Cowboys, but the stakes are high. Five and four Bengals off the bye. Before that, they had two bad weeks, um, losing to the Browns by a lot, and then losing to the Jets after that massive win over Pitts uh, over Baltimore. Vegas five and two. They dropped two in a row. Um, most recently to the Chiefs. They're third place in the West now. So, um, you know, that's going to be a tough division to the end. Both of them in probably the two best divisions in football at the moment, Gordo. Uh, who do you like in this one? Uh, I think I've got to go with Cincinnati here. Um, the Raiders, their, their season just, I mean, it's, it's pretty much out of their control as well. Their season's just falling apart. 
um, it's not their fault, but I just think the locker room in general is probably not feeling great right now um, based on the off the field issues they've had. Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati just wins this fairly comfortably. Uh, I like their offense. I think Jamar Chase has a pretty good day here. Burrow really gets into rhythm. I know he leads the league in picks, but he's also up there, I think, as well in touchdowns or close to it, considering he's had a bye. So, yeah, Cincinnati gets back into their groove, wins something like 31 to 17. Uh, the Raiders keep it close, maybe th for three quarters. Then Carr maybe throws a pick or something to start the fourth quarter, and Cincinnati runs away with it from there. Yeah, I agree with the result. I actually had the Raiders. I've swapped. I got the Bengals 31-29. I think it's a bit closer. Uh, the Raiders lose a heartbreaker and, yeah, probably uh, watch their season float away considering how good um, that division is and they've got quite a tough schedule coming up. So both taking the Bengals, but um, I hope that that is an entertaining uh, game. Last one, the late window, Cardinals on the road in Seattle, divisional matchup. Um, both teams coming off disappointing losses. Seattle, it was supposed to be the triumphant return of Russell Wilson. Shut out for the first time in his 10-year career on the road in Green Bay. The Cardinals, they missed Murray and Hopkins for the second straight week. And this time it actually mattered because they were whooped by the Panthers 34 to 10. They head back on the road. Um, I don't know if you've got something more up to date than me, Gordo, but from what I've seen that Murray's 50-50, but looks like they might give him another week with the bye next week. Hopkins less likely to start. If they do start with Colt McCoy, you've got to think Seattle are a chance back at home with the 12th man. Yeah, no, I think that would be. Um, Murray, I think, has practiced the last couple of days in a limited capacity. So, yeah, I think he will be 50-50. But, yeah, Hopkins, it sounds like he's not going to play. Buda Baker missed practice as well, as well today, so he'd be a massive out for that defence. And, I mean, based on what we saw last week, this Seattle defense, or the last month, really, the Seattle defence has actually really improved from where they were at the start of the year. They held the Packers to three points through three quarters. And then I think just ended up getting tired and let up those two late touchdowns. But if they can play a similar way against someone like Colt McCoy, there's a chance here to force some turnovers, really capitalise on some short fields. And I don't think we're going to see Russell Wilson play as badly as he did last week again. Um, another week of practice, getting that uh, finger right. He was in no way prepared last week. And you can tell by the way he's throwing the football. So I think Seattle's a chance here, especially at home. Um, defence steps up, offence... I don't think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to play as badly as that again. Um, I think Seattle gets up here, unless Kyler and to a lesser extent Hopkins. But if Kyler plays, I think I'd be leaning more towards Arizona. But right now I'm leaning towards Seattle. Yeah, I'm similar. I've got Cardinals if Murray does play. And I agree. I don't think we're ever going to see uh, Russell Wilson as consistent as they come. Quarterbacks, he will not be. Um, you know, having such a tough game as he did two weeks in a row. Worth pointing out, Arizona are 5-0 on the road, including that win in San Francisco with McCoy and co. And that wasn't even close a couple of weeks ago. But for Seattle, approaching desperation time, even though they're only a couple of games back in the West, they can't afford to keep dropping games. Um, they've got, you know, divisional games. It's a tough schedule to come. So I would expect that they get this win. They go to four and six. And again, another team that, you know, we were perhaps not getting close to riding off. We were right back in it, which is what makes our buddy playoff file elimination segment so hard uh, to work with. Um, Primetime games to finish. And another one, I kind of tossing and turning on Gordo. It's the Steelers at the Chargers. 
from SoFi, Sunday Night Football, NBC. So we've got five and three and one, the Steelers, coming off that tie with Detroit. Yes, they didn't have Big Ben. You still would have expected them to win. Um, Pat Freemouth fumble. Perhaps they would have had a chance to win. We know what a weapon Chris Boswell is. A half game back in the North, they would have gone on top of the North if they'd won that game. They've got a couple of games still to come um, against uh, the Ravens and then one each against the rest of their divisional rivals. They've got a game against the Chiefs. So uh, I haven't been hot on them the whole season, Gordon. I don't know. You think you've been a little bit more kind of uh, warm on them than I have been. Um, but how do you think they're going to go in this game? Yeah, I'm not sure on this one. Uh, I feel like both teams have sort of been really up and down. Uh, we've seen the Chargers' defence really struggle the last couple of weeks, and Pittsburgh's offence has been – I mean, they put up a few points against the Bears, but couldn't score on Detroit. So, yeah, I, I think – both teams' weaknesses are going to be going up against each other. I trust the Chargers' offense. I trust the Steelers' defense. But, yeah, I'm not sure how to read this one. Um, there's a chance. I'm not sure uh, where TJ Watts at at the moment in terms of his injury. Uh, I haven't seen any updates on him other than uh, x-rays came back negative. But there's a chance he's limited. And then Joey Bosa, there's a chance he misses as well. So both teams could be missing their standout pass rushes. Indeed. Um, your point on the defense, I mean, spot on. Uh, especially rushing defense, Los Angeles given up 155 rush yards per game. Big night for Najee Harris, I reckon. He's had 20 or more carries in five straight games. He started off, they didn't give him as much of the ball the last five games, as you've mentioned, with not the best play from uh, Roethlisberger and a good defense. They're running the football, old-fashioned football. Um, had 100 yards on the ground against the Lions second time uh, for his career. And the Chargers also giving up 24 or more points in each of their last five games. So that's got to be worrying for Brandon Staley. They can't afford to keep dropping these games. Um, luckily for them, the Chiefs had a few off weeks. Um, I think Justin Herbert needs Mike Williams to fire again. Very quiet, got under 58 yards, five of his last six games. The outlier was that Cleveland game. Um and you mentioned exactly what I was going to say. I trust the QB and the offense for Los Angeles. I trust the defense for Pittsburgh. And I'm going to take the quarterback over the defense in this case. It's no secret I'm not high on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to take the Chargers 30 to 23 uh, in another tight one on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I think I'll have to agree with you again. Um, I think a lot depends on this Chargers play calling. Uh, these last few weeks, Herbert hasn't necessarily been bad, but it's just they've got him doing all the things that he was doing at Oregon, throwing a lot of screen passes, short passes. They're really not letting him throw downfield. And I mean, that's his biggest strength. I think he's PFF's number one quarterback on deep throws. He's just not getting a chance to do it as often. Uh, if they open up the playbook, if they let him take those deep shots to Williams again, I think the Chargers win this fairly comfortably. But if they keep going with this running the ball, throwing short, keeping the ball what, behind the line of scrimmage almost, the Steelers are a chance, but I think the Chargers uh, fix their offensive issues. Defense doesn't necessarily have to be great here against a pretty poor offense, but I think they probably put together their best performance of the season. Uh, Chargers win fairly comfortably, something I'm not sure exactly what's on that 27-17. Yeah, Joe Lombardi, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, haven't been impressed with the play calling. Uh, wanted to see more. I think Clint Kubiak outcalled him for the Vikings, another offensive coordinator who's been under, been under a lot of scrutiny last week. Um, so interested to see if he can bounce back. Um, and the final game in question will be the New York Giants in Tampa Bay taking on the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks, Gordo, have lost games on either side um, of the bye. That 
I suppose the Saints one perhaps maybe expected not the one against the Bucks. A couple of first quarter picks for Gore, uh, for Brady. First time he's had two picks in a quarter since 2012. Um, Bruce Arians a bit touchy. This defense we've talked about had its issues. Um, can they ride the ship and get a win over the Giants? I mean, I want to say yes. Uh, you have to think so considering where they stand, but. I don't know, it, the Giants, it feels like they've always sort of played well against Brady. I mean, you've obviously got those two Super Bowls. Uh, even last year, the Giants, even when they were pretty bad, still took it up to Tampa Bay. I think Tampa ended up winning because the Giants couldn't convert on a two-pointer or something like that. But yeah. Even then, they, they keep games close. Uh, the defense has been better the last few weeks, and the offense should be getting Saquon Barkley back as well. So there's a boost there. Uh, the receiving core starting to get back together. I think I still, I'm still going to go with Tampa, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people are expecting. Well, I'm locking up the Bucks, so they'll probably lose. Um, I, I was kind of in agreement with. I thought, well, Brady doesn't have a good record against uh, the uh, Giants, five and one in the regular season, and those two Super Bowl losses, obviously. But um, we talked about how tight it was last year. That was a controversial. There should have been a pass interference call, I believe, on that two point conversion. wasn't called. Uh, and the Bucks held on to win it. Um, I, th- I, I don't think Tom Brady's losing three games in a row. Um, I, I still don't think we can even rule Tampa Bay out as a Super Bowl contender. You saw them get hot, and the defense in particular. Perhaps this is the game where they get going. I, I actually agree with you. I think it will be close, but I've got enough confidence in Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Perhaps time for one of his famous game-winning drives. Daniel Jones, 0-7 in prime time. He's won one game in the 4.05 time slot and all his other wins, I think it's 10 of them, have been in the 1 p.m. time slot. So he doesn't do well when it gets dark. Um, of course, they lost to the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, Monday Night Football. I still think Joe Judge and Jason Gowder are on the hot seat despite that good win over the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to take the Bucks here in a tight one. Uh, to conclude week 11, Denver Broncos and Los Angeles Rams and the bye, so a bit to mull over for both head coaches there. Um, but those are our picks. Gordo, of course, will be locking up Miami. And I'll be locking up um, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for week 11 action. Bit of a shorter week, a bit of a shorter show this week, Gordo. But uh, thanks for being with me and I'll see you on Tuesday. Yep, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Indeed, as always, links to the blogs in the description, links to Twitter in the description. And thanks again for the music. So I'm just going to find a link to that in the description. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye.